The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Many scientists claim that the only world that exists is the one we can physically see around us, the world detectable by our physical senses or scientific instruments. Others claim that there is another world beyond that, the spirit realm, inhabited by beings called angels and demons. Are such beings real? What are they like? If God created them, did He create the demons too? Should we reach out to such beings for help and for guidance? We will address those questions on this episode of Tomorrow's World. We'll also offer you the opportunity to request an exciting DVD, The Occult and the Spirit World, completely free of charge. Are angels and demons real? You need the truth. Stay tuned. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. I'm glad you're here. Today's topic, the reality of angels and demons, is a vital subject to understand. At the same time, the truth about the spirit realm and the activity in that realm is a far larger topic than we can cover on today's program. That's why today we're offering all of our viewers a free DVD, The Occult and the Spirit World, that covers this subject far more thoroughly than we will on today's program. Be sure to note the contact information that you'll need to get your copy as it appears on screen during our program today. Are angels and demons real? Do they exist? If they exist, what are they like? If God made the angels, did He make the demons too? And if so, why? These questions fascinate many, and there are answers. On one side of these questions, there are those who say that there is nothing that exists beyond the physical world of the senses, what you can see, hear, touch, and taste. To such people, angels and demons are harmless fantasies, like unicorns or fairies. On the other side, there are those obsessed with the spirit realm, seeking out supposed spirit guides and striving to personally communicate with their supposed angelic guardians. They often decorate their homes with images meant to depict angels or other spiritual entities. Between the two sides, there is the truth, which is the Bible. God doesn't leave us to wonder about such things in ignorance, but instead reveals the spirit realm to our understanding. Those who are consumed with the philosophy of scientism who believe that the only reality that exists is that which they can physically touch or handle, are ignorant of what their Creator reveals about the world. Yet, too, those who are obsessed with the spirit realm and the beings who inhabit it also frequently violate God's own commands about that realm. Today, we will explore the reality of angels and demons in the world, and we'll also do so with the Bible. God's own word. And I challenge those of you watching today, be open-minded to what God has to say about the subject. It may surprise you. 
Don't take our word for what we say. Look up what we say in your own Bible. Because God reveals that the spirit realm is very real. And its reality does impact us on a daily basis, though not in the ways that many assume. Do angels and demons exist? What are they like? Where do they come from? If we're going to answer these questions about a realm we cannot normally see or hear or touch, we must rely on God's word. We are very much in the same position as Elisha's servant in 2 Kings chapter 6. The ancient prophet Elisha was surrounded by an army sent by the king of Syria to arrest him, and his servant was terrified. Yet Elisha was unfazed, calm, cool, and collected. He sought to comfort his servant, and starting in verse 16, we read that he says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Yes, the spirit realm is very real. God says in his word that he created the angels as spirit beings to serve as his ministers or his messengers and servants, serving those whom he is calling to inherit salvation in his family. When were they created? God's word tells us that he created them even before he created the earth. We see a reflection of this when God questions the patriarch Job. Let's read that passage in Job chapter 38, beginning in verse 4. He asks Job, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together? and all the sons of God shouted for joy. We see here that the morning stars, or sons of God, the angels of heaven, were already in existence and shouted for joy as they saw the foundation of this physical world being laid. As we look deeper into God's word, we will see how angels have interacted with humans in the past. We'll also see the origin of wicked angels or demons and we'll come to understand the dangers of the spirit realm and how God instructs us to conduct ourselves in light of the reality of that realm. But before we continue in our exploration of these things, let me take a few moments to inform you of today's free offer. This free DVD, The Occult in the Spirit World, will open God's own teachings and instructions concerning the spirit world in a way you've likely never seen before. The DVD contains three powerful Tomorrow's World programs to help you understand the invisible realm, its dangers and influence, and how to defeat that influence. Topics covered include the modern dangers of the occult, the hidden world of angels and demons, and how you can overcome Satan the devil. This DVD, The Occult and the Spirit World, really is free with no strings or obligations. 
Just call, write, or visit us online and request your free copy. We never give away your information to others, and we never will. Order your free copy right now, and I'll be right back to talk about some of the fascinating appearances of angels revealed in the Bible. They don't look like you might think. You won't want to miss it. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531 or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org With this offer you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues and be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Welcome back. We noted in our previous segment that God created the angels as servants to those he is calling to salvation. And the Bible depicts them serving in many ways. For instance, comforting Christ after his 40 days of fasting and delivering God's servants from prison. We also see them communicating God's wrath, such as visiting destruction on the ancient wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But it also says that often their service usually goes unknown and unrecognized, as the Apostle Paul mentions in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. The righteous angels do not generally call attention to this work on our behalf, remaining hidden or working behind the scenes, fulfilling God's will. This is a fact that will be important for us to consider later on. In addition to their service, the Bible also discusses the appearance of some of these beings. Now, of course, many of you are probably familiar with popular depictions of angels in statues or paintings. Are such depictions accurate? Allow God Himself to tell us how these beings appear in His own Word. The descriptions vary from example to example, but all of them are fascinating and generally not at all what people expect. Consider Ezekiel chapter 1. The prophet is given a vision of a whirlwind and the very throne of God being escorted by four amazing angelic beings. Elsewhere in the book, these beings are called cherubim, which is the plural of cherub. Now, often when you hear the word cherub, images of cute, chubby little infants with wings are called to mind, depicted on literally thousands of paintings, statues, and Christmas ornaments. Does this match Ezekiel's description? Let's read and see. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. And each of the four had the face of an eagle. 
their wings stretched upward. Two wings of each one touched one another, and two covered their bodies. Their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. Clearly, these caribs are far from naked little children with wings. In addition to the cherubim, Scripture describes another angelic variety, the seraphim, as similarly exotic. The prophet Isaiah records those beings as having not two or four, but six wings, with one pair covering their face, one pair covering their feet, and one pair used for movement. We see another description of a different sort of angelic messenger in the book of Daniel. The Jewish prophet Daniel, living as a captive servant under the king of Persia, had been seeking God through fasting and prayer for a number of weeks when he was visited by an angelic being and given a vision. We can pick up the story in Daniel 10, beginning in verse 5. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. In the message that the angel brings to Daniel, we have revealed a remarkable insight about the angelic realm. Daniel writes, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. We see here a small picture painted of a world behind our world. On his journey to give Daniel God's message, the angel was hindered by another angelic being called here the king of Persia until he was assisted by the powerful archangel Michael. The indication here is that the angelic realm is not unified, that there is a powerful division in which those who represent God are resisted in their efforts by others. To be sure, God's will is always accomplished when he wants it accomplished. But we must note here that not every angelic creation of God is working for his will. Some are in opposition to his will. How did the angelic realm come to be so divided? Did God purposefully create both righteous angels and wicked ones? How did the angelic realm come to be in such a state? That fascinating tale will be the focus of our next segment. But first, let me give you another brief opportunity to request our free DVD, The Occult and the Spirit World. The spirit realm is real. Angels and demons are real. In movies and television sets, the world of these beings is treated in a lighthearted manner, and thousands of people dabble in occult practices and games as if there is no danger. 
but the danger is also very real. This absolutely free DVD teaches you plainly about the spirit realm and gives you the godly tools you need to resist the power and influence of the devil in your life. It really is free with no obligation whatsoever. Just contact us during this break and request the DVD on the occult. And then come right back as we explain what God reveals about the origin of wicked angels and demons. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Welcome back. We've just seen that the Bible tells us the angelic realm is divided. Some angels are devoted to fulfilling God's will, obeying His commands, and serving mankind. Others are evil and resist His plans in opposition to mankind. Satan the devil is the ruler of this kingdom of these wicked angels. How did the devil come to be as he is? Did God create him to be evil? No, he didn't. The Bible tells us the story of how a powerful angel became Satan the devil, if we have eyes to see. Let's look first at Isaiah in chapter 14, where the prophet is used by God to speak of an angelic being named Lucifer who corrupts himself through pride and envy. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. The angel Lucifer actually decided to rebel against his Creator and take the very throne of God himself. This angelic rebellion is mentioned also in Ezekiel chapter 28. After announcing a prophecy against the human prince of the kingdom of Tyre, the prophet is then used by God to speak directly about the spirit being behind the human ruler, called in the prophecy the king of Tyre. God says to this fallen angel in verse 12, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. God then says he cast this angelic being corrupted by pride and selfish ambition out from the mountain of God as something profane. Here we see the powerful being who was Lucifer described in detail, a being of amazing wisdom, intelligence, talent, and beauty, who, 
full of pride and consumed with his politicking among the angels, becomes filled with a mindset of violence and a spirit of rebellion until he is stirred to move against the very throne of God himself. In doing so, he was no longer Lucifer, which may be translated light bringer, but became the being we now know as Satan the devil or the adversary. As we're told by Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, becoming puffed up with pride became the devil's condemnation. The book of Revelation may indicate that he gathered a third of the angels with him in his rebellion against heaven, but they were cast back to the earth in restraint until the events prophesied to be just ahead of us. The Bible refers to these rebellious angels as his angels or the devil's angels and calls them by the term demons. Jesus Christ calls Satan the ruler of this world multiple times in Scripture, and he will retain the position of authority he was originally given by God here on earth until Jesus replaces him as King of kings and Lord of lords. As the devil tells Jesus Christ during the Lord's temptation in the wilderness, the kingdoms of this world have been given to the devil during this age, and he gives them to whomever he wishes. Here on earth, Satan and his demons continue in their positions of spiritual authority among the kingdoms of the world, influencing the world, tempting mankind, and resisting the plan of God. However futile, such an effort will eventually be. How does the rebellion in the spirit realm impact those of us who live in this physical realm? One thing is sure. Many people make a dangerous mistake when it comes to the spirit realm, a mistake you must avoid. We'll explain that mistake in the next part of our program. But first, let me pause just one more brief time to give you the brief opportunity to order your free DVD, The Occult in the Spirit World. This DVD will open God's own teachings and instructions concerning the spirit world to you in a way that you've likely never seen before. The DVD contains three powerful Tomorrow's World programs to help you understand the invisible realm, its dangers and influence, and how to defeat that influence. Topics covered include the modern dangers of the occult, the hidden world of angels and demons, and how you can overcome Satan the devil. This DVD, The Occult and the Spirit World, really is free with no strings or obligations. Just call or write or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org and request your free copy. We never give away your information to others, and we never will. Order your free copy right now, and I'll be right back to talk about the dangerous mistakes many make concerning the spirit world and how you can avoid them. You'll want to know. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531 or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org With this offer you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues and be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox 
faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Welcome back. The fact that angels and demons are indeed very real has an impact on our lives. Many choose to surround themselves with statues and tokens depicting angels and even call on angels directly for their help and guidance. However, only demons seek such fawning and attention, not righteous angels. Consider that the devil earnestly strove to convince Jesus to bow down and worship him. While twice in the book of Revelation, when the apostle John is overwhelmed by the vision and falls at the angel's feet, the righteous angel responds that he should not do that. In chapter 19 and verse 10, for instance, the angel tells John, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. The angels of God are not interested in worship or even attention. It is only the demonic world of fallen angels that craves our attention and our focus. God condemns in no uncertain terms using the occult, spiritism, and new age practices to attempt to experience the spirit realm. Should you seek to reach out and communicate with angels, only demons and the devil's angels await you in such efforts. The trend in popular Christian culture to glorify images of angels in statues and paintings, to decorate homes with such statuettes, and to adorn ourselves with such jewelry bearing angelic images is not God's desire. Not only are these images a far cry from many of the descriptions that we've read today, they violate the second of God's Ten Commandments, which tells us that we are not to create images of heavenly beings for worship. The New Testament as well clearly and unequivocally condemns the worship of angels. The only angels pleased by such activity are Satan and his demons. Only God the Father and Jesus Christ deserve such attention, devotion, and affection. In fact, as we have explained many times here on Tomorrow's World, the plan of God is that one day mankind will rule the world of angels as well as all of creation. It is no wonder that Satan and the demons hate humanity. God intends that mankind, eventually glorified in the kingdom of God as His very children, will become their judge, sitting in rulership of the entire universe as inheritors of all things. Everything that Satan the devil wanted to seize for himself through violence, deception, competition, and rebellion against his creator, mankind has the opportunity to freely inherit through love, submission, faith, and obedience to that same loving creator. There is so much more to this topic than we're able to cover on this program. I hope you'll not forget to request your free DVD that discusses not only what we've covered today, but also the dangers of the occult and how you can overcome Satan and his demonic influence. And I hope that you'll come back next week. Gerald Weston, Richard Ames, and I, along with our guest presenter, Rod McNair, will be here waiting to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ, the good news of his coming kingdom, 
and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. Until next week, take care. To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.